0: Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, only you can steal. My soul, soul tests this morning. Lord, know you as I know. Yes, Lord, my soul tests to know you better today. My soul tests to know you more and more. Lord, I come into your presence this morning. Lord, I thank you that I am able to magnify the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I come into your presence with thanksgiving this morning, saying that you are good and your mercies endures forevermore. Father, you are Jehovah, you are Yahweh. We call you Father this morning. We call you Father this morning. Be glorified forevermore just for who you are be glorified forevermore father we can put our trust in you this morning you are father we declare be glorified in the precious name of jesus you said to moses i am that i am thank you lord Thank you, Lord, because you are the one who is from everlasting to everlasting. You are the I-Ham, Lord, the great one who rules in the affairs of men. Be glorified forevermore in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we have come this morning just to worship you. We have come to read your word again and learn in your presence. So we ask this morning, once again, Lord, speak to us. Bless us with your presence this morning, grant us wisdom and understanding, and cause your name alone to be glorified in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray, amen. All right, let me say a big welcome to everyone joining in to devotion this morning. I am Murphy A.N.I.K.E. A big thank you once again to everyone joining in. I am excited. So many people have shared their testimonies with me. Reading your Bible every day does something to your spirit man. Jesus says uh, the entrance of God's word gives light. He says the words, I sp- Jesus said the words I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. So when you read the word of God every day, it feels literally that you are taking life into you and so when the time comes when you need life i'm telling you so you see that day that jesus had to face his own temptation right uh yes the devil came and quoted the scripture if you are the son of man he was quoting the bible to jesus but jesus yes uh, rightly dividing the word of god said it is written and that's why we read our bible every day so that we can rightly divide it and be able to say it is written. So a big thank you once again this morning to everyone joining in whatever platform you are joining me on Spotify, on Anchor, on Facebook, on Twitter, on, 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 my, on WhatsApp. God bless you. I trust God that uh, your taste for the things of God, for the word of God will continue to increase and the lord will satisfy that thirst in the mighty name of jesus all right today we complete conclu- we conclude the first the first letter paul writes so timothy or the first um we just we just call it first timothy okay so yesterday we stopped on chapters four so we take chapters five and six today okay and then when we are through tomorrow we will be taking on second on second timothy second timothy is much much shorter that's just four chapters okay so we'll be through with that in two days but in the concluding part of this book that's chapter five sorry this letter chapters five and six timothy being a young a young pastor so the apostle paul shares with him how his relationship with older people should be with younger people how it should be, how to take care of widows, take care of elders, you know, and of course Timothy should take care of himself. Very important. And then, okay, very importantly in chapter 6, he shares with him the relationship between slaves and masters. You will notice that Paul separates between slaves and slave traders. Okay, in Bible times, okay, many people as in choose to be slaves. Okay, so um, in their time, it wasn't something, uh, sometimes they were bad. They went to war, they won't slave. And um, some of them, it was God's blessings to them, the way we saw it in the Old Testament. Uh, But Paul spoke against slave traders. Okay, so those who sell people um, uh, to make ends meet or whatever, So Paul speaks about the relationship between slaves and and their masters, what it should be, the conflict between love and money, and godliness, and why we should pay attention and not love money. And of course, Paul concludes with fighting the good fight of faith. You will be blessed this morning. So please get your Bibles. Let's read together First Timothy chapter 5 and chapter 6. Advice about widows, elders, and slaves. Paul says, "Never speak harshly to an older man. Very importantly, never speak harshly to an older man, but appeal to him respectfully, as you would to your own father." This is very important. I see a lot of people take this for granted in church. Never speak harshly to an older man. Okay, at least respect the white hair on his head, eh? respect his age at least be respectful paul says as you would your own father okay you can't say because i am the pastor that means i can i can talk to anybody anyhow in fact paul's understanding of pastoring is my personal understanding of how to pastor okay so it says talk to younger men as you would to your own brother okay the same way you would talk to your brothers in love mutual respect Talk to younger men as you would your, your own brother. It says treat older women as you would your mother and treat younger women with all purity as you would your own sister. The way you would not have been running around with all the sisters uh in in, in around you if they were your sisters, okay? Your blood sisters. You would not be messing around with them, right? Paul says, treat the the young ladies around around church, Timothy, treat them as if they were your own sisters. You know, show them that respect. And with the older women, treat them like as if they were mother. They were your mother. It says, take care of any widow uh, who has no one else to care for her. Okay. So he makes a broad, general statement, and then makes distinction. Take care of any widow who has no one. Else to take care of her okay so if there's a widow who does not have anyone to take care of her it is the responsibility of the church to take care of them it says but if she has children or grandchildren their first responsibility is to show godliness at home and repay their parents by taking care of them repay their parents by taking care of you know of whether it's, that, whether it's the grandchildren, take care of their grandparents. Whether it's the children of themselves, take care of their own parents. This is something that pleases God. okay? But there are many instances where the grandchildren don't have anything to do with mama or with baba. Uh, neither the children. In such an instance, the church you know, is the pillar that God expects to be the covering over these people. This is now a true widow, a woman who is truly alone in this world has placed her hope in God. She prays night and day, asking God for his help. That's how you know who a widow is. She puts all of her focus on God. And the same thing should apply whether you're talking about a widow, alright? right? Okay, so it's the same thing. It says, asking God for his help. But the widow who lives only for pleasure is spiritually dead, even while she lives. Okay? the widow who lives for pleasure why would you want to live for pleasure um you should have passed all of these things your husband passed on so if you've waited through the period where you feel you you ought to wait then go get go go get married again okay but not pleasure paul says no but the widow who lives only for pleasure only for pleasure is spiritually dead even while she lives he says, give these instructions to the church so that no one will be open to criticism. He says, but those who won't care for their relatives, especially those in their own household, have denied the true faith. Such people are worse than unbelievers. Hi, if you know how much problem this scripture has caused in the body of Christ. Hey, hey, hey! Oh, please note it again. First Timothy chapter 5, verse 8. It has been quoted to men, okay, to use it to to put a noose around their neck and demand that. Look, the Bible says that if you if you cannot take care of your household, you know you have denied the faith. You are worse than an unbeliever. That is not what that that scripture is saying, okay? So just read back again. Remember, Paul was what we were reading before we we got to verse eight. We were reading about widows. Who, <laughs> It was the taking care of widows that Paul was take, was talking about. Six, he said, but the widow who lives only for pleasure is spiritually dead, even even while she lives. Seven, he said, give this instruction to the church so that no one will be open to criticism. He then says in verse eight, but those who won't care for their relatives, but those who won't care for their relatives, whether it is a man or a woman but those who won't care for their relatives especially those in their own household it's not talking to men alone it's talking to women too okay so because i have seen people misinterpret this scripture and you see all manner of things all manner of things women will tell you that it is the responsibility of the husband to do every single thing in the house yes if he cannot do it he is worse than an unbeliever Ah, no, no, no. That's not the intention. The intention of marriage or the family of that. No, that's not the intention. So don't misinterpret or misrepresent this scripture. But those who won't care for their relatives, whether they are men or they are women, if they will not care for their relatives, policies, especially those in their own household, those who live with them, someone is living with you, you are You are treating the person unfairly. You don't give them food and you are eating. You don't give them clothes to wear and you guys are wearing fine clothes. You know, you are going in the car. They have to to sit at home or maybe they have to take a bus to go to the same place that you guys are going to. You know, Paul says, no. Those, especially those in their household, he says you have denied the faith. Something is wrong with you. If You still had faith in Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, okay you would know that love is important in fact if there's one question jesus will ask you that uh with, which you leave this world it will be love are you expressing love at all treating anyone like that so paul says no you have denied the faith he says such people are worse than unbelievers can you imagine okay so he's not talking about a husband becoming the atm card and footing all the bills in the house okay that's not the purpose of this scripture Nine says a widow. So it's back to talking about widows. So because verse eight was talking about widows, it was talking about taking care of of widows. Okay. So eight nine says a widow who is put on on the list for support. That's the church's list for support. Must be a woman who is at least sixty years old and was and was faithful to her husband. This is one. This is not a doctrine. Paul is just speaking to this particular church. Uh, noting their 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 specific their specific condition, what if it was a church where majority of the women tend to lose their husbands early, and so you have a lot of widows? Okay, you have a lot of people, and maybe they don't even have family family members to take care of them. Okay, so you say until they are sixty before the church can support them? No. Okay, so very important. It says a widow who is put on the list must for support must be a woman who is at least 60 years old and was faithful to her husband. She must be well respected by everyone because of the good she has done. Uh, has she brought up her, her children well? Has she been kind to strangers and served other believers humbly? Has she helped those who are in trouble? Has she always been, been ready to do good? If if all of this is yes, pause. of course, Posse's help her. It is the younger widow should not be put on the list. It is because their physical desires will over over overpower their devotion to Christ, and they will want to marry. There's nothing wrong in marrying, remarrying. Okay. It says then they would be guilty of breaking their pre their uh, previous pledge, and if they are on the list, they will learn to be lazy and will spend their time gossiping from house to house, meddling in other people's business and talking about things they they shouldn't. So, so I advise, uh, it's an advice. So I advise that these younger widows, I advise these younger widows to marry again. And let them marry, have children, and take care of their own homes. Says then, the enemy will not be able to say anything about them. For I am afraid that some of them have already gone astray and now follow Satan, sadly. it says, if a woman, if a woman who is a believer has relatives who are widows she must take care of them she must take care of them not just her husband okay so very important okay that we always understand the context in which scripture is or is speaking if a woman who is a believer has relatives who are widows she must take care of them and not put the responsibility on the church it says then the church can care for widows who are truly alone 17 elders who do their work well should be respected and paid well, elders, pastors, uh, whoever has that you know responsibility, spiritual responsibility over you, they are doing the work of God and this is what they do full time. The Bible says, elders who do their work well, especially they do their work well, should be respected and paid well. Okay, it says, especially those who work hard at both preaching and teaching, you see that. Say, for the scripture says, you must not muzzle an ox to keep it from eating as it treads out the grain. And in another place, those who walk deserve their pay. (laughs) Many times, people will say, ah, what do you people do? Is it not just to pray once in a while? Uh, Pastors, what do pastors do? Is it not just to pray once in a while? (laughs) Hey, hey, hey. Oh, I invite you to come and just come and wear my shoes for one, just one Sunday, huh? Just one Sunday, just come and try my shoes on for one Sunday. I, I promise you, you, you will give up. Uh, you will give I I can guarantee that you will you will not be able to walk at least for one week. Um, yes, because you will be totally drained. Uh, but for the grace of God, okay? Uh, but for the grace of God, so Paul says treat them with respect. And ensure that they are well paid, okay, so that they don't have any other worries. They can put all of their focus on serving God, you know, by 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 serving the people. He said, "Do not listen to an accusation against an elder unless it is confirmed by two or three witnesses." Okay, those who sin should be reprimanded in front of the whole church. This will serve as a strong warning to others. I solemnly command you in the presence of God and Christ, Christ Jesus, and the highest angels to obey this instruction without taking sides or showing favoritism to anyone. Okay. If an elder has, you know, made a mistake or done something wrong, they should be corrected even openly. It's fine, it's not a problem. Okay, but it should be godly, godly correction. The goal should be restoration, it should not just be punishment for the sake of punishment. Paul says, look, I instruct you, with don't take side. Or don't show favoritism to anyone. This has never been a hurry about appointing a church leader. Yes, do not share in the sins of others. Keep yourself pure. Don't drink holy water. You ought to drink a little wine for the sake of your stomach because you are sick so often. So some people will say, uh-huh. so Paul said they should drink wine. So what is wrong in drinking wine? The Bible does not speak about drinking wine. Just forget about drop all of those things. Uh, are you sick like Timothy? Uh-huh. There was Timothy obviously had a problem with his stomach such that whenever he took only water you know he was he was reacting okay maybe he was all he will be stooling and things like that he had to have a little one so he had a medical condition Why he was doing that is that the case same case with you most likely it is not however i just tell people you are working. you have your own work your faith work with god and usually you would know you would know you would know if you are crossing the, that was why Paul says look, you must keep a clear conscience if you're crossing the boundaries you'll know, if wine is not for you, you will know yes, for some of us wine is not for us, not for anything, by the calling that God has given us, wine is not for us, for some other people, maybe they can indulge themselves once in a while, I would, there's no, there's no condemnation for you okay, in Christ Jesus, however however paul advises us to 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 be moderate there should be moderation okay 24 says remember the sins of some people remember the sins of some people are obvious leading them to certain judgments but there are others whose sins will not be revealed until later in the same way the good deeds of some people are obvious and the good deeds done in secret will someday come to the light it's both ways okay that some people that uh, they think that their secrets are hidden. <laughs> God, one day, God will shed everything to the light, into the light, and then they will be disgraced. And there are many people that are doing their goods, you know, their good deeds in the dark. They don't, want, they don't want any attention. Jesus says, in due time, or Paul says, in due time, God will reward them. Hallelujah. All right. All right. So let's take. Chapter 6, we will be running now. We have just about uh, 10 more minutes and we are through for, for today. It says, all slaves should should show full respect to their for their masters so they will not bring shame on the name of God and his teaching, especially slaves who, have, who are now born again themselves. It says, if the masters are believers, that is no excuse for being disrespectful. Those slaves should walk all, all the other those slaves should work all the other because their efforts are helping other believers who are well loved okay so in past time it was tolerated it was fine in our own time it has been it has been abolished and then it's it's in fact it is literally a crime in our own time in their own time okay based on the laws of their time it was not a crime however slave trading was a crime even during their own time and paul speaks against it okay so let's move on move on False teachings and truth to riches it says teach these things timothy and encourage everyone to obey them some people may contradict our teaching but these are the wholesome teaching of the lord jesus christ Uh, These teachings promote a godly life. Paul says, look, the teachings I'm telling you, I got from Jesus. And they promote a godly life. Anyone who teaches something different is arrogant and lacks understanding. See, such a person has an unhealthy desire to quibble over the meaning of words. Uh, This tears up arguments, ending in jealousy division slander and evil uh, and evil suspicions so these people always cause trouble their minds are corrupt and they have turned their backs on the truth to them a show of godliness is just a way to become wealthy and i'm telling you you see them all around us my advice is not don't give them attention you focus on god i don't know why it's so difficult you just focus on god okay Focus on the things of God. Focus on godliness, true godliness. Okay, focus on that, and that was what Paul was advising Timothy to to here. Ignore them. It says, "Yet, verse six, true godliness with contentment itself is it." Don't mind me again. I'm reading KJV, even though I'm standing here. It he says, "Yet, true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. Contentment, eh? Is godliness with contentment is great wealth, eh?" You will, you will realize that that it is social capital godliness eh, is social capital I have seen people get access to money just because of godliness because of their honesty, because of their inter- integrity, it opened doors for them, okay, don't take your godliness for granted, Paul says yes True godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. After all, we brought nothing with us when we came into the world and we can't take anything with us when we leave it. It's certain none of us will take anything out of this world. We came into this world naked, we will leave this world. Even if they dress us up and put us inside that coffee, we will leave this world naked because everything rots away. So if we have enough food and clothing and let us be content. It says, But people who long to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruins and destruction. Those who long to be rich. Why do you want to be rich? Well, that's my my question. Why do you want to be rich? Answer. Some people say, oh, Pastor, it should be obvious now. It should be obvious why I want to be rich. Okay. So, if what the reason you want to be rich has nothing to do with love about being a blessing to others about being a blessing to your world and then this is all about consuming it on yourself you have missed the road my pastor says that look if the purpose of your life is you it is a waste of life you are wasting your life away Okay, so, and that is what is going to happen to you. Paul says, no, 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 don't go there. So, Paul says, so if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. Let's take night again. But people who long to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruins and destruction. I pray you will not be plunged into ruins and destruction because you will not, you know, long you know, selfishly for rich, for riches. I'm prophesying this morning, you will be rich, yes. Okay, but your own riches will not plunge you into ungodliness in the mighty name of Jesus. ten says, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. This scripture too had been taken upside down and been mis- being misunderstood, okay? they said they just remove. It says, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. The Bible did, did not say that money, so what a lot of people did was to remove the for the love of. They just said, say money is the root of all kinds of evil. No, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And they are very, two very, very different statements. Just putting those few few words in front of it. It is the love of money that is the problem. Longing for riches, loving for money, and then money is everything to you. In fact, some people they use their, their appearance for money rituals. Eh? You you use your loved one for money rituals. You use a whole human being that Jesus died for for money rituals. You will go to hell. I'm telling you, if you don't repent uh, this morning, it is the love of money that is the root of all kinds of evil. It says it is the root of and after the roots, what do you get? Aha! You know that it is only a matter of time. Uh, it will dominate, and then you will start seeing the shoots, you will start seeing the branches, you will start seeing the leaves, and before you know it, uh, you will have you, will- yes, those things that you are investing in, they will produce fruits, and the end is tears. That will not be your portion, in the mighty name of Jesus. It says. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves uh, with many sorrows. That will not be you in Jesus' name. All right, Paul's final instruction. It says, but you, Timothy, you are a man of God. So run from all these evil things, <laughs> all these things I have told you about, and this love for money. Uh, yes, and lit craving for riches. Paul says, Timothy, run from all these evil things. Money is not evil. Don't mistake what I'm saying this this morning. Don't go and quote me that Ah, Pastor Murphy said that money is evil. Money is not evil. It is the love of money. It is the craving of rich of riches. You know, beyond your values. Okay, that is that is evil. It will not lead anywhere good. This is what you, Timothy, listen. Run from all these evil things. Pursue righteousness and a godly life. Along with faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight. Yes, fight the good fight for the true faith. There is a good fight. There is a bad fight. Eh? Fighting to protect your ego. Fighting to protect your stature. Eh? It's a bad fight. Eh? It will not give you anything. But fighting to build your faith, fighting to stand for the word of God is a good fight. Paul told Timothy, fight the good fight for the true faith. Hold tightly to the eternal life to which God has called you. You have to hold on to it. <laughs> you see this gospel of once save, ever save. Hey. We will get to heaven, and sadly, I think a lot of people, will they will have regrets. Because Paul told Timothy, he told him, that hold on to it. Eh? Fight the good fight. That means that you have, to, you have to fight. It doesn't mean that we save ourselves by our own grace. So no, but we have to fight the good fight of faith. We have to stay the course. We have to stay in line. It says, hold tightly to the, to the eternal life to which God has called you. It says, which you have declared so well before many witnesses. You have professed that you are a child of God. Hold on to it. Eh? Hold on to it. It says, and I charge you before God, who gives life to all and before Christ Jesus, who gave a good testimony before Pontius Pilate, that you obey these commands without wavering. Since then no one can find fault with you. From now until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again, say, For at just the right time, Christ will be revealed from heaven by the blessed and by the blessed and only mighty God, the King of kings and the Lord of all lords. He alone can never die, and He lives in light so brilliant that no human can approach Him. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, God is so is so is just so awesome. He lives in a light that no one can approach. Says no human high has ever seen him nor ever will. All honor and power to him forever. Amen. Say, teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is which is so unreliable. say their trust should be in god i say to someone this morning your trust should be in god and god will help you in the mighty name of jesus their trust should be in god who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment god richly gives us all we need tell them to use their money to do good use your money to do good don't use your money to oppress others use your money to do good he says they should be rich in good works and generous in those to those in need Always being ready to share with others. it says, by doing this, they will be storing up their treasures as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, when you give, when you are a blessing to others, that is what it means to to really live. Paul calls it true life. Verse 20, Timothy, guard what God has entrusted to you. Avoid godless foolish discussion with those who oppose you with uh, with their so-called knowledge. Avoid it. See some people have wandered from the faith by following such foolishness. May God's grace be with you all. Hallelujah. All right, Paul's signature of closing all his letters, may God's grace be with you all. All right. So, what have we learned this this morning? We Paul has tried to help Timothy know how to live. Okay? How to relate with people, rich people, poor people, old people, young people, old men, young men, old women, young women, how to relate with all of them. And it says, Godliness is important, right? Yes, godliness with contentment is great gain. And that is what I want to leave with you this morning. Be content with what God has given you. Don't allow the love of money the love of riches to plunge you into into the depths of despair no i want you to say lord this morning help me to be content with what you have blessed me with lord you are more than sufficient more than enough for me will you say that prayer this morning in the mighty name of jesus father we declare this morning that you are more than enough for us yes lord You are more than enough for us. So Father, we appreciate your love and we appreciate everything that you have blessed us with. We give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. In Jesus mighty name we pray. Amen. All right. Thank you so much for listening today. God bless you. Enjoy your day.